This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 673. And the quote of the day is, as I grow older, I pay less attention to what people say. I just watch what they do. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 673. I hope all is well in your world. And man, life is uh, life is crazy. Life is definitely crazy. I uh, Everyone told me when I when I had a kid, life would get crazy, and they were not lying. That coupled with uh, just a bunch of, bunch of work-related stuff going on. Uh, very thankful, but very busy. Uh, apologies that I haven't been as consistent with the, with the podcast, but got some stuff on the horizon for 2023 that I'm really excited about. I think you will be uh, as well. Speaking of excited, I got the amazing Henry Cole on the podcast. And I've I've wanted to get Henry on for a really long time. And I just through the way that the world works, you know, I hadn't talked to him, didn't reach out and and uh but always have been very, very blown away by his playing. He 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 reminds me a little maybe doesn't maybe they remind me of each other, but um but Billy Martin's playing and Henry's playing and, and, and I just love the way that he uses all these different styles from, from, you know, the Latin and reggaeton and all these different, all these different styles that he melds together and makes his own. So you can hear him playing and, and it'll have, you know, a straight ahead jazz kind of vibe or, or a Latin vibe or, you know, a reggaeton vibe or something like that, that is just that's uniquely him. Um, and, and I love him for that. And that's why he's one of, you know, one of the most in-demand drummers, uh, he's, you know, is versatile, multiple, has a multi multicultural style, excuse me. Um, and he's just a, a, an innovative jazz drummer. Uh, so I'm super excited. We have a really great conversation. He's in Puerto Rico right now. Uh, and he, he moved there a few years ago. We talk all about that, him spending some time in New York City and all that. Just an amazing conversation, uh, an amazing player, and more, most importantly, an amazing human being. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get into it with Mr. Henry Cole. Henry, what's happening, man? How you doing, Nick? Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Man, thank you. Thank you so much. We're uh, I always I like to paint the picture because this is just audio, so we can't see the video. So you're yes, you're uh, you're in your car, which which actually I do. I you'd be surprised how many times I've done these when people are in their car, or I've done recordings in the car. It's a perfect place to. It's It's a perfect perfect studio. Yeah, perfect studio for podcast. It really is. Um. So you just got done watching the World Cup. So I'm curious, who's your who's your squad? I mean, everyone here in Puerto Rico basically we were rooting for Argentina, of course. Right. And and they won, so it was a big hang, big celebration. But I'm not a such of a sport uh, a fanatic or fan. But um, I'm always paying attention to the skills, you know, because the the stuff that we do in music and 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 just from watching that team, the Argentinian team, you know, you can tell right away that. That playing that game is is beyond is beyond a sport. It's just a folklore. Mm-hmm. They they really they really live and breathe that uh, in their lives. So you can tell that by the way they play. And it was an it was it was an amazing game. France played great too. You know, and it was a great hang. You know, it was a great hang. 
why so why does everyone rooting for uh for Argentina that's probably a stupid I, question I, I think it's closer uh, uh, Argentinian uh music and, and folklore and culture it's always been very close to Puerto Rico because of the Latin America you know gotcha. uh, the south you know Mercedes Sosa and all the fabulosos Cadillac all that tradition the uh, Spanish rock Argentina is very big and mm-hmm. that you know so so we are we have close ties to, to Argentina ah that like makes sense emotional emotional ties yeah man you mentioned it too like how how people uh, especially you know with the world cup how everyone comes together and it's mm-hmm. so, and there's so much passion i remember when oh, i was yes. in when i was in high school or maybe i was in middle school and my teacher said if you take all the people who watch who have watched the super bowl over the years mm-hmm. and add them all up that's how much how many people watch one world cup really yeah wow that's that's crazy to know that's it's crazy nuts man i mean it's and, it's and, it's huge everywhere else you know except it. except in the u.s that's true and, and the, the, I can tell you that, again, this is probably the first game I see the whole thing. And, and you know, at some points, I, it really made me cry. I was like, this is it's very powerful. Emotional is very powerful, the, yeah. the, the, the motion. You know, I like the NBA, but it's more physical. It happens faster. This is just build up and build up and build up and build up and build up. Mm-hmm. And then boom. And then you really, you know, really like have that release. And it's like, wow, that's insane. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a huge I'm a huge sports fan, um, mainly mainly baseball and football, but really big baseball fan. Oh, and, really? uh, but but to, to your point, like I, mm-hmm. I see I, I just I love the game. Right. So like I love them watching play. And to me, it feels like I'm watching a concert. Like it feels like yes, yes. I'm watching jazz or, yeah. or like yeah. if it's you know, there's there's emotion. There's 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 a language that they're speaking. Oh, yeah. There's fans oh, that are that are that are that are feeding into the performance and all that oh, yeah. kind of stuff. Like I don't see a big difference between a musician no, no. And, and an athlete for sure. Yeah. And, and how to stay focused for just a long time and, and stay relaxed and uh, against pressure. It's just pretty much like the way, the way we play concert, where we record, especially you in the studio, everything sounds great until they say, okay, we record and we're rolling. And then yeah. all of a sudden, <laughs> you don't know why when you start playing differently, you don't right. know why it's like, it's, it's, and then you go, man, why does have to be like this? I mean, it's just <laughs> when you hear rolling, you change. You're yeah. not the same anymore. You know? I mean, I don't, it's nothing. It's it's kind of like an athlete choking, right? Like when they, they get up to the they get up to the foul line and they don't make the shots or something. And you might it's like you're not the same anymore. Like even if you practice all the time and you do it by yourself and you're in the studio hanging, you do the sound check. When they say, okay, rolling, something changes. You know? Yeah, it always does. <laughs> it's the it always it does. Do you when you're um, when you're playing shows, particularly bigger shows, mm-hmm. how yeah. do you how do you calm those nerves, or how do you you make sure that you're you're showing up? Yes, that's that's a very great question, and and you know most of my uh, my career I've been playing in small venues, like jazz concerts, you know the mm-hmm. the, the village vanguard and small the jazz clubs, you know where people are really near you and they're, they're kind of in your face so it's very it's very intimate it's very one-to-one you know you, you talk to them and you feel them and and i had this idea or, or i didn't know what to expect to play to ten thousand people or fifteen thousand people and then when i started doing that you know you think you you're gonna feel that many people you but it's not it works at least in my experience is it's even it's even smaller 
because then you you have your your bandmates on the earphone and then you talk mm -hmm. to the crew in the stage so you don't really have that connection with so many people i mean you can feel the energy but but it's not like one to one like on the jazz club you know yeah and 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 in, in the In my experiences, also when when we play jazz concerts, they are really big. They're not really that fun. They're, they're not yeah. really that that much fun. It's okay, yeah. and you enjoy, and you know a lot a lot of people on Instagram they like to see the big crowds. But when you're playing with a show for that many people, I think it's more about you and the crew that are working for the artists to make them yeah. to make the artists look good. So it's a yeah. very small crew, you know. Yeah. Versus in the Village Vanguard, you can. You can feel the guy in the bar from the stage, and you can mm -hmm. communicate to them. Yeah. They're really in your face; they're watching you. <laughs> yeah, <Right there. laughs> and they go like, "Tell me something. I want to hear something." <laughs> so it's, it's 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 really so. So what I do uh, is uh, I I always try to trick myself, and I use a different different methods. And you know, one is to be let's say over prepared. So I practice until I know everything backwards and I don't and I, until I don't really like it anymore and right. then I go and play and just breathe and uh, but also I try to sometimes I try to disconnect from the audience because when I disconnect from the audience I, I'm not expecting anything or I don't I don't feel uh, the necessity to to prove anything so I just mm -hmm. I'm myself and sometimes I just feed from the from the audience depending where I am so it changes you know it's I don't think there's one formula that works all the time. Yeah. It's interesting that you talk about disconnecting from the audience. Um, mm -hmm. well, well, actually, back before that, I remember talking to Liberty DeVito, who um, who played with, um, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Bruce Springsteen for, was it, did he, was it Bruce Springsteen? Why am I, why am I blanking out on his, on who he, <laughs> I feel, I feel like I'm going to have to like cut this out. Okay. Uh, because <laughs> i'm like it's, yep. it's when i when i tell you who he played with uh oh, billy joel i'm like oh billy joel okay I'm like, the fact that i like couldn't remember that i don't know why oh man i got dad brain um so he was saying you know when they moved to the bigger clubs it was it or to you know started moving to stages or stadiums and things like that it yeah. was just like It was not as intimate. It was not as fun. He felt like yeah. he couldn't connect with the audience and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and things like that. But but your point too, like on the flip side, when you're in these smaller clubs and you see, you know, maybe another musician walk in, yes, or yeah. you see some hot chick walk in, or you yeah. see mm -hmm. like a bunch of people dudes walk in, and you're like, oh, I'm gonna impress these people. Yes, of course. And I'm gonna play. Uh, you know, I'm gonna play all my all my stuff, and next thing you know, you're like playing for your ego and playing for yes. them and not for the music. Yes, and and then the other day, one of my teachers, Skip Haddon, is he was my teacher at Berkeley. He said something because I was doing basic uh, for the first time, and I wrote to him. I said, "Listen, Skip, you know, uh, I'm nervous. You know, I'm 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 feeling it." And he he said something very interesting. He said, "Choose one person in the audience and just do it for them." You know, as a as a gratitude, just just do it like more of a love uh, from the love perspective, not to impress. Yeah. Just do it for them. Just choose one, and just talk to that person. And that I think that's kind of beautiful too, it, uh, it, and it works. You know, because yeah. then you change you change that the ego is really important. I don't. I'm not against the ego, but you can feed your ego out of making someone happy. Mm -hmm. And out of making a musician sounds sound good, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, we're in the middle of the street and there's a lot of noise here. That's um, all right. 
Uh, so you can see your ego out of making someone uh, sounds great and also out of making someone feel uh, happy and, and uh, because of what you play. And, and that also fits your ego. So it's, it's, it's how you use it. But I think it's important to have it. When, when you say your ego is important, why do you, why do you say that? Because, uh, because, because a lot of, a lot of times we hear, uh, the, 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 the concept about ego as a bad thing. And, and, but then when you don't have it, uh, all of a sudden you don't have a necessity. You don't have to, you don't have that, that gas that pulls you to, into doing something, you know? So that, yeah. that, that gas that you get that fuel that you get from from feeding your ego uh it's important for you to move into doing great things and to work harder but then you can use that as a positive thing as i say i'm gonna be the best drummer i can be so i can play great comping be behind your solo you know mm -hmm. and then when people clap and say, well, that was a great saxophone solo. You know that you're part of that. So that feeds your ego. So that's there. Versus if you don't have any ego, it's like, okay, I don't need meat. I don't need vegetable. I'm just flat. Then where right. you go? <laughs> then where right. you go? You know, I don't like drugs. I don't like sex. I don't like alcohol. I don't know, do anything. I'm just flat. Yeah, so what? And then, you know, all of a sudden, you don't have a, a, any reason to move, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so ego, we, we, we need to have it. It's very important. The, the reason you wake up at five instead of nine and you wake up at five is because you want to do something. You want to get to do something. You want to prove something. So that's it. That's an ego that, that, that fuel has to come from the ego, but then it's up to you to use it for the, for the good. You know, mm -hmm. if you, every time I practice, uh, and I use my ego to practice, Proving that I can play faster, I injure myself. I get really? uh, I get a uh, shoulder, my back. You know, when you when you when you don't want to do anything, just prove that you said that you can be faster. My back hurts, my shoulder, or is there something in my body that I, that gets injured? And and then I learned that that's the that's the that's the that's what you get when you put your ego in the, to use in the wrong in the wrong way. You know. Mm. Uh, be, because if you do your practice slowly and you watch your posture, watch your sound, you're gonna play fast. Yeah, you know? you're gonna build speed yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. It, but it's not like yeah, I gotta, I gotta do it fast. I gotta do it fast, and then you get injured, and then you cannot play for a month. Yeah. So you move, you I, move backwards. Yeah, I like the 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 idea of you know using using your ego for good, right? Oh, like yeah, keeping yeah, yeah. using oh, yeah. it for motivation. I never thought of it that way of of using oh. it to like to keep the fire bur burning underneath you. I think it's super necessary, and and all of the successful people, in my opinion, they have they have a strong ego. They they must have it. They just mm -hmm. it's how you use it. You know, you can use it to be the best player, but then you realize that's not enough and then you have to use it to better your teammates yeah. and then you win yeah. championships, you know, but mm -hmm. if you don't have that, you want one of, one of the other guys, you know, just, you, you're going to have to wait for someone who has it so you can follow that person. Yeah. Where did, where did that start for you? Where did that, that drive and that, and that ego and that sort of yeah. 
because because they they always say like you can't uh, you can't motivate the unmotivated right That's no true. matter what you can tell them you can give them rah rah speeches and they can watch watch YouTube videos and, oh, yes. and get all piped up and then it's like tomorrow I'm gonna start <laughs> and I'm gonna and then tomorrow comes and they don't do anything right that um, is that is true it's always, it's always is, tomorrow that is um, true I I think in my in my in my case and and I'll be hundred percent honest uh, with you you know the whole drumming career that I have and my, my circumstances and experience, you know, I had to basically create them and force them. You know, uh, they didn't come to me for nothing. You know, I was born mm -hmm. in a small town. I was the only drummer in the entire high school who wanted to do music. Really? One guy, imagine myself when I went to Pacey that everyone in that building has sticks, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I was like, wow, man, there's a lot of people who love this. So imagine you're being in high school and the, the, the biggest high school in your town and you're the only person who think who's thinking about pursuing music as a career. So, wow. you know, I didn't grow up around musicians or drummers. My family, uh, there's some musicians, but no one, you know, like like the stuff that, I, that I've been doing, no one was mm -hmm. just playing jazz or anything. So in order to to do anything, I, I had to invent it and, and trust. And and then the more I move forward, uh, it was always the same, you know. So let's say, okay, I want to pursue jazz in New York. So so then all of a sudden, I am too jazzy for the Latin guys, and I'm too Latin for the jazz guys. So 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 so, so you see, so it's never a free ride. So then you right. get to work harder, or then you say, okay. I guess this is not it. So I get to keep moving and just work more on that, work more on that. So it's always, it's, it's been always like that just to, it's, it's never feels like, like, um, like, uh, okay, I reach out a place where I'm safe. You know, mm -hmm. it feels like I'm always where the wave breaks, you know, where, where yeah. it's actually where you catch, where you can catch the best waves, but it's not a, it's not a, Pleasure, pleasure, pleasant, pleasant area necessary yeah. all the time. So, um, so it's it's been like that, you know. It's been like that, and I was in basic now, and I I, I was the first Puerto Rican ever to do it uh, on the drum That's set. Amazing, the first Puerto Rican, and and I was the only Latin guy on the in the lineup, and and everyone else played Latin music. Uh, everyone played songo, you know, the songo. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, this is interesting because because everyone's playing songo and playing latin stuff but there's only one latin guy in the whole building so it just right. kept me thinking i said wow so so you see so this i this is the way this is my my perspective so so the only way to continue to that is just find a way to motivate myself you know yeah because it, how do you how how do you find ways to motivate yourself uh, and I think it's easy. This is this is from my experience, and, uh -huh. and and tell me if you agree. But when I was younger, it was easy to stay motivated because like every day I was getting so much better, right? <laughs> because like I didn't know anything, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. like every day you could just see the process. But then after after you've been playing for as long as you and I have, yeah. the 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 improvement is so small <laughs> that like if you blink, you miss it. Yes, that's you know? true. That's true. Uh, in my case, is that kind of. Uh, you know that story about burning your bridges. You know, mm -hmm. after my apartment in New York burned uh, and I lost everything in New York, what are my choices? You know, either complain or 
retire from music or just start over it or just start over it and make sure that what some some stuff that I have I didn't lose in the fire you know like my mind and my spirit my knowledge of the all the transcriptions and all the listening and mm. experience so okay so that's it so I got to build the other stuff and then just just find approaches and find role models and read you know uh, Bruce I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Bruce Lee for many many years I think Bruce Lee is a great uh, inspiration uh, for me. It's always yeah, I like, it I always, like Bruce Lee too. You know, it's always been. But again, you know, uh, all the people, all these people, Kobe Bryant and Jordan, all these people who really uh, are, you know, represent us parts of, of pushing harder. Roberto Clemente on baseball, so Puerto Rican mm-hmm. baseball star, and you know, and that, and now in Puerto Rico that I'm here. So I came back from New York after 16 years, and 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 so I I'm I'm overqualified for some stuff here in my island. So I'm overqualified, but that sometimes means that you don't get as much work, you know, because you're overqualified yeah. because you've been in New York, you play with all these cats and blah blah blah. So people here don't don't don't, don't necessarily want to call you. So what do you do? It's, you say okay, so you complain or you retire, you retreat or you do something else, or you create your own circumstances. So I just rented an 850 square feet space to turn it into music school and a studio, you know, and, and to have some more performances, stuff like that. So now I'm learning about commercial spaces and, and how to, you know, bring people together and, and raise money for the acoustics and all that stuff. So it's always a, a, ch- a new challenge, you know, a new challenge. Mm-hmm. So I just take yeah. it as a, as a, and good opportunity uh, opportunities to keep growing. And some some days I say this this I hate this shit. This is rough. But but yeah. but but the next day I'm always okay. I'm down. I'm 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 down for the challenge. Let's do it. You know. Yeah. I mean anything anything worth having, uh, you know, is not going to be easy, right? Yeah, because think when I when I think about my begin the beginnings, you know, which I I don't know if you know, but I started playing drum because of Striper. So from Striper to Gary Burton Quartet and all these albums, there's a there's a long journey, but but so so I my my goal first was to you know I want to play drums like Robert Sweet and Striper and then Pearl Jam, Nirvana, but I was never mm-hmm. I was never thinking uh, okay I'm gonna become the best jazz drummer I can be. I was saying I want to be able to get on the stage and do and do a great job. Doesn't matter who's playing. So for the salsa gig, I would study all the salsa great players. For the jazz gig, I would study all the jazz players. For the rock gig, I would study all the rock drummers. And then after a while, everything started to blend. I started to blend everything, all those influences. And from that, I created mm-hmm. my own stuff. I started bringing jazz uh, ideas to the reggaeton gigs and reggaeton ideas to the jazz gigs and, and, and then rock ideas to, to the salsa gig and, and so on. Yeah. You, there's some, there's a couple things that I want to ask Uh about one. I mean, the, you, you talked a little bit about, about your apartment, uh, when we were off air and then you just mentioned, you mentioned it again, tell the story of that because I think it's, I think the biggest takeaway that I get from that is, yeah, I lost all of my stuff, Yes, but I didn't lose, but, but I didn't lose all of the things that have value, right? I didn't lose my mind. I didn't lose my soul. I didn't lose friends or family. I didn't lose my knowledge or anything like that. That is true. Uh, so I was in, I was, I I was in New York for 16 years, you know, and, and as any musician that lived in New York for that long can tell you, 
after 16 years, you can have a, a decent space, you know, a rent-stabilized mm-hmm. apartment, three bedrooms. So I had my practice room in my room. So so a, a, a really small world, but with everything a musician me, you know. So from there, I was right, touring. Right. I was taking the A train, blah, blah, blah. So uh, um, um, one day in November uh, 2018 at 4 a.m., uh, you know, my girlfriend woke me up. There was a dark cloud in, uh, on top of us, in, and, and, and uh, we opened the door, and everything was on fire. So I tried to do something, but the fire was was too wild. So we decided in your in your apartment in my, or in your in, building? In my apartment. It was there in my Ugh. apartment, one of the rooms. So she she told me, you know, listen, Henry, we we gotta get out. So we got out. I went downstairs, called the super, called nine one one. You know, firefighters, the whole thing happened people coming out of the building blah blah so in two hours the whole place was gone you know so so after 16 years it's not like you can you can buy everything again next week you know yeah yeah (laughs) i didn't i didn't have renters insurance or anything like that so Mm -hmm. so i was walking with my girlfriend uh crying but i refused to sit down and cry you know i would i kept walking you know going to the Red Cross, doing whatever, just filling out the paperwork. Just I went to my apartment every single day because I wanted to know what was going to happen, you know, after that, because I know mm-hmm. New York could be sketchy about these fires. Yeah. And it was very yeah. sketchy, the whole thing. <laughs> but I wanted to be there. I want to see who's coming in, who's coming out. You know, I went every day. And you know, everyone was telling me, no, just go home and rest. But I was there just trying to follow up with what was happening. And then at the same time, I was trying to, I couldn't believe it, you know. And then, in a few days, you realize that okay, so that this put me out of the out of the race. You know, how, what do you do now? You know, after sixteen years, you're, yeah. you're still hustling. You're trying to find gigs. You're practicing. You're on the grind. You know, and then boom, you're out of the race. So that's the first thing you you feel, and it's rough. Oh shit! Man. So I mean, I, so that's mean I, after sixteen years, now I'm back to the beginning, and and then you. You put some stuff in the stores. You gotta. Try, you try to save as much stuff as you can, but at the end, you realize that stuff is not going anywhere because it's just damaged by the fire. So anyway, yeah. uh, we couldn't find a place in New York, so I decided to move to Puerto Rico in the meantime. But that meantime, then COVID happened for three years and the whole thing. So I had to basically gotcha. rebuild uh, my whole routine and the home base and everything uh, from scratch. But then, wow. but then, you know, when I was, I, I started going to storage a lot to go through books and notebooks and, and CDs and drums and stuff. And and I, I ended up turning a lot of stuff, most of the stuff to the trash because, you know, I couldn't have that anymore. But then those books uh, that had all my transcription, they were, they were safe. They're safe. I have them. I have all the stuff. But then... Uh, John Riley told me, you know, Henry, that's okay. You don't need those books. You already, you already have it in your mind. You, know, you really have that knowledge, yeah. and it's true. And I said, so, so then uh, I went on tour with Charles Artura to Japan, and 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 I was playing. You know, I didn't have a house, but I could play. I could play and I could work. Yeah. So that stuff, the fire there took away, didn't take away. Yeah. You know, man. So so it's I be, it's been four years now in Puerto Rico rebuilding and now i just rented this space so i'm hoping to do a drum studio teach lessons and just create stuff from there and keep traveling keep moving 
Amazing. Are you so you're gonna stay in Puerto Rico? For now, yes. Who knows? For now, you know. Yeah. We gotta. I gotta live where we where we are now at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did the fire start? Do you know? Uh, we don't know. It's uh, all electricity. The buildings, you know, the old buildings. Yeah. Electricity. Who knows? You know. Man. You are lucky. That is for sure. That's for sure. I mean, you you know that you and your girl got yeah, out yeah. And, and. But then check it out. The, the that same year uh, during COVID, uh, I won I won a chamber music uh, award for to create you know a grant. It's called the New Jazz. Mm, I saw the that. New Jazz work. So during COVID, I recorded the Metropol Orchestra and I did a vinyl, I did a vinyl of my latest album. That was the whole thing during COVID. You see, so because you you're trying to push yourself and and the ch- challenge after challenge, it, it kept me creating, it kept me moving, mm-hmm. it kept it kept the drive. Sometimes I wonder, man, if you don't have to go through challenges, do you really will you really have that much drive or not? You think you lose it? What do you think? I, I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know. No I mean, knows. they talk. About, uh, there's a lot of people, like you know, rich people talk about that all the time about their kids, and they're like. How are they gonna? How are my? How am I gonna motivate my kids to do anything? Like they have everything right. already, and like they're worried about their kids just doing nothing and not having any motivation or any drive to do anything. Yeah, but I, I think one of the conclusions could be that those people faces uh, different challenges. I think they there are always challenges. You know, maybe they're different. there are always challenges. Or maybe they're they're trying to prove all the stuff. We're trying to create music and be musicians. That's our challenge. Yeah, yeah. Not an easy challenge, my friend. <laughs> Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, not an easy challenge. Um, so you mentioned I, – I want to backtrack yeah. a little bit because um, you were talking about when you – like growing up, you were the only, you were the only musician in your town uh, or, or the only drummer yeah. in, your, in your high school. Um, so – but what were you – what were your main influences? Like you, you had mentioned uh, Striper and yeah. like and and Pearl Jam and stuff like that, but but – I'm I'm curious because you were like I was too I was too Latin for the jazz guys I was too jazz for the Latin guys mm-hmm. like what what was what were you taking in and like what were you playing along with as a kid like that, um, where did where did your where did your sound start to no, start to materialize this, this whole thing about jazz and Latin came late, much later you know this is when I'm I was in the yard already uh, in right. Puerto Rico when I grew up I did the whole heavy metal era from the nineties uh, let's say Molly Crew Pearl Jam Striper Bon Jovi and uh, you know Pearl Jam came later then I saw the alternative so I saw Pearl Jam coming in with Nirvana and listen changed and the whole drumming thing changed you know MTV changed mm-hmm. it I remember that day the whole thing changed so I started seeing yeah. uh, a sound garden thing so I went through that then uh, I went I did uh, Dream Theater and then after Dream Theater I graduated from high school and some of my friends here at the conservatory uh, uh, turned me into Latin jazz and, and, and Cuban salsa and changuito and all that stuff. But when I saw Giovanni Hidalgo, that's when my life changed because then that was my first idol, you know. And to this day, it yeah. became like, okay, this is the guy I want to be. So I want to be this guy. Yeah. So that means I have to practice eight hours and develop technique and develop a language and all that stuff. So he became my, my first role model. You know, you yeah. Know. Uh, were kids were kids in your high school also listening to Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam and mm-hmm. and all that, or were you seeking that? Like, where were you finding? I was that? finding that on uh, MTV and uh, and yeah. from MTV record stores. A lot of Iron Maiden. I did a lot of Iron Maiden Amtrak's 
you know, all that era. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was it was MTV a lot, and most of the day it was head. You remember Headbangers Ball, a show? Yeah, of course. <laughs> so yeah. I was watching that as a kid, and then until until I saw uh, Smell Like Ten Spirits, and, and that day I said, mm-hmm. "Well, there's something different here." what's going on <laughs> and then after that yeah. the whole thing changed but uh yeah so i was mo- mostly mtv and record stores mm-hmm. yeah. that uh the alice in chains uh unplugged record and and what and and the show too was like what it's one of my it's still one of my oh, favorite yeah. Oh, yeah. live recordings oh, yeah. man it's so good oh, yeah. i just i just i guess i never pinned you as a uh and this is like this shows some of of what I'm sure everyone goes through is like I never I would have never pinned you as like a rock <laughs> grunge drummer, you know? Yeah, no. yeah, it was like that. I went through the whole thing because remember my my whole gas was was to to just be a good musician, be a good drummer for the for whatever was the the gig for the the group, the, mm-hmm. you know. So I was never thinking. I didn't I didn't discover every job. I was listening to every job later on when I was twenty, you know, my late twenty, you know, twenty one, twenty two, right. twenty three like that so it was just a journey it was just journey and my fuel was like okay if someone that plays rock calls me i want to be the best guy i can be for that kid on that kid if yeah. there's a jam session yeah. i play jazz okay i want to go on the stage and, and sound great you know that was that was the mm-hmm. whole thing yeah what was it about changuito that like really <laughs> that just grabbed you changuito and- uh changuito came to Puerto Rico to do workshops and then first of all that Giovanni started with him for a few years uh, for many years in Cuba so Changuito was this kind of a scientist of the of percussion like he he, he put every pretty much like uh kind of like Gary Gary Chafee kind of mind mm-hmm. you know like he gives you he set up the patterns the technical uh exercises to achieve stuff you know and that's how Giovanni develop a lot of his stuff like he was his his mentor and his teacher and then but, but changuito was a great drummer great great drummer before playing timbales we lost bamban changuito had record where he just played four-piece kick and, and some of the mm-hmm. best drumming I've, I've heard to this day you know very similar to that what you feel from tony allen you know that kind of that kind of oh man that, kind of unique that group sound. like was Tony Allen guy. just had that like hypnotic, yeah. like I, you could just put anything that he played on loop yeah. and ju- and it would just never, it would never get old. And, and Tony Allen, as, as, as well as Sanguito, they were just checking out a lot of jazz drummers. They had jazz technique, they were playing, they were listening to big band albums, all that stuff. So they have a, they, they had a jazz background. Uh, so where, where's, to- was Tony Allen from? Nigeria. He, did he live in France or, oh, okay. But he yeah, lived in France, right? When he, when he passed think, yeah, away. France. A long time. Paris. Yep. Gotcha. Man, he was, man, rest, God rest his soul, man. Yep. He was, he was, I think, and never, I, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that with the internet, he got a little bit more notoriety, but like still nowhere near the amount of notoriety of course, that he deserves. Of course, of course. Which, which I see, is, I see that happening in a, in a drummer, drumming world, uh, which is uh, it's kind of a new thing to me. You know, I'm learning. You know, we, we, every year we learn stuff, and, and and it seems like it's like that. Drumming world is also very. Uh, it could be very segregated, it, it classified. Mm-hmm. It could be very classified, and and then it's like like pop music. You know, 
commercial stuff or commercial drumming or non-commercial drumming or pop drumming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like a lot of a lot of walls, you know. So because I'm from Puerto Rico, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be Ronnie Green, you know, playing bebop. Ronnie, Ronnie Green right. represents bebop, you know, and, and or a rock drummer or gospel drummer. So Puerto Rico is an island. It's very small, but but the I call it the superpower that we have here is that we can play any genre from the very early on. So we learn how to absorb different genres and adapt naturally, you know. Right. So for us, we can yeah. go. So guys here could play a salsa gig and then play punk, and the next day they they play reggae and sound incredible, and they that's the way they make the money. So so yeah. that gives you the facility to adapt to a lot of styles uh, without without sounding like you're trying to be someone who are you who are not. You know. Do you still see a lot of that happening in Puerto Rico? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of young, uh, great yeah. drummers, and and they all have to play because that's the way you make money. You're playing cover bands, and then you have friends that play straight ahead, and then you play reggae, and then you know it's the way people make music here. You know? Similar to mm-hmm. New Orleans. It's time to design your dream kit. You have a sound and look in your mind's eye, and it's time to make that dream a reality. Your sound emerges from the choicest materials and is constructed using the exclusive Sonar Optimum shell measurement construction, utilizing slightly undersized shell diameters, allowing the drum head the space to float freely with unrestricted bearing edge contact. Your look emerges through the ultimate selection of veneers, hand-polished lacquers, and premium coverings to create the stunning look of your dreams. Design yours today at sq2-drumsystem.com. DB1 drumheads and cymbals allow all drummers to hit hard in the middle of the night without a single noise complaint. DB1 drumheads and cymbals provide the natural tone and genuine feel of an acoustic kit but only produce 20% of the volume of acoustic heads. These are Evan's first drum and cymbals to include proprietary technology that allows for unmistakable and authentic feel, crack, and buzz in an acoustic kit at one-fifth the noise level. Drummers, your neighbors can sleep, your midnight jam sessions can continue, all thanks to Evan's, the most technologically advanced drum heads on earth. To me, like, and I bring this up a lot on the uh-huh. podcast. It do, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like in the United States people are doing that anymore. No, they're no. not going and learning. They're not learning jazz and then and they're you know and funk and few and like different styles. They're just yeah. they're playing. They're learning like chops yeah. and then and that's sort of about it. So there's no real and like some bastardized version of it. They're like, oh, I can play a swing yeah. pattern. So, all right, mm-hmm. now I know how to play jazz. Let me yeah. move on to the next. Most thing. people in the drumming world, they think that Latin music is either samba or songo. That's it. Or mambo. Right. <laughs> that's it. That's yeah. it for whole Latin America and Caribbean. <laughs> bye bye. Ciao. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. So it's like, but <laughs> you can learn the song on the weekend, right? And then you're done. That's and then, it. <laughs> and, and, and it never seems to, it, it, it doesn't look like it's going to stop, you know? So I had to, in order yeah. to, to, to 
to work as a jazz player in New York City, I had to go through all of that. Like, no, it's the right symbol. You can, you will never play it right. It's about the shoulder. No, it's about your finger. No, it's about the movement. It's like, and at the end, I said, listen, no, it's not about that. It's about a piece of metal and making a beautiful rhythm out of that. So, you know, you just have to and understand the character, not the yeah. shoulder of the body or the head or, or if you're black or white or stuff like that. So I had to go, right. I had to go to all of that because remember I, I was, I'm not the Cuban, I'm not the Cuban, the next Horacio Hernandez with playing with the cowbells and stuff like that or the left foot clavier or, or, or some gospel drummer, you know, from church. So I have to kind right. of learn from everyone and, and, and find myself, you know, like make my own, my own results out of that. Create yeah. How did, how did you, how, because I think this is an important skill yeah. to have and I think it makes you, I think even if you're a rock drummer, you should at least be proficient in oh, yeah. playing jazz, oh, yeah. right? And on, and all these other styles. How do you, how do you sort of go through the styles and learn mm -hmm. them, but then sort of take all of that, then you take your jazz and your funk and your rock and your fusion and all that, and then you put it all together and then it comes out sounding like you. The, the, the most important thing is that I love I, I really love when I studied uh, Ornette Coleman and, and, and Billy Higgins and Shelly Man. I really love it. And I'm a fan, you know. I'm not pretending mm -hmm. that I have to learn jazz or love jazz. When I'm when I'm listening to reggaeton that most most drummers hate or don't, a lot of people don't like it here, I really like it because I see that it swings and it grooves and you know, and so so to me. It's, it's a joy. I enjoy myself because because I enjoy ACDC and Black Sabbath. I still watch uh, videos of Black Sabbath early on uh, live, and I enjoy that. And, and I love the Doors, and I love how the Doors play free, you know, and, and, and they sound mm -hmm. like they go free. So so that's, that's the first thing. Flamenco, I enjoy flamenco. I really love how they play. I, I really love the Wailers, you know. I'm a fan of that. Scorpio, all that electronic stuff, I really like. Uh, so, so from there, I just, I just do research about uh, what are what are the kind of stuff that that these great drummers practice for the for the style. But, but over the years, I develop a system that that is it's been key to to my developing my, and keep my reflexes awake. And and I tell you. Uh, at the end, you know, we got two hands and two feet, right? So that's it for everyone, for every drummer. And we got 16s, mm -hmm. triplets, 16, no, that's it. There's no, you know, quintuplets, maybe, you know, but most of the music's 16. And it's just, it's just the feel. When you play patterdiddle to the Wailers, it's not the same patterdiddles to Count Basie, but still it's a patterdiddle, yeah. you know? So... Yep. I say, okay, so what I got to teach myself, I know the paradiddle already, and everyone knows the paradiddle. So I got to teach myself, teach my hands the feel. So I just put a pad, I play a paradiddle and loop that to Count Basie, and then I loop the paradiddle to the police, or I loop that paradiddle to Phil Collins. And then I absorb the feel of the song on the music, you know? And then I take, I take huh. the, the academics, and then I... I filter them into into music from different genres, you know, and and this is something that a lot of drummers don't do. So I so I say, okay, I need to swing more. 
but do you practice swinging the A notes? Most of them, no. So that means instead of going paku pa pa do pa do do, you go paku pa pa do pa do paku pa pa do pa do do, and go through the whole process of doing all your linear A note stuff with a swing feel, you know, and all the paladillos and yep. all the stick control phrases with the swing feel, and then you are teaching your hands to swing, and then on the gig you're gonna play because the material that we play is the same, you know, we all play the same triplets. The same 16, we saw, yeah. it's, it, it doesn't go beyond that. It's the same. And you can see on the transcriptions, you know. So our Blakey famous comping phrase go like, right? When he's comping. In Puerto Rico, we have this group called Bomba that goes, so what is, why is so different there? You see what we're talking about? We just yeah. have to change the field, swing field, straight field. And this very simple fact and detail is what people don't work on, you know, because yeah. they, they yep. complicate that. They believe that they don't, they don't have it or that they got to be born into that and they don't have it. Yeah, you have it, but you don't, you don't work on that. You know, you don't work on swinging your, your eight notes or, or you don't work on mm-hmm. Oh, for the for the jazz drummers, they have a hard time playing straight sixteen. So you don't work, you have to work on that. So so you put a, a tower of power and you go the parallel until straight and even, you know. And and then, yeah. or you put a, a, a big band music and don't go ping and you put you know kanye and you swing the eight notes. And that's that that's yeah. the, that's been the key for me because everything else is the same. Yeah. So it's like learning, learning the style and then, and then understanding the, the, the phrasing of how it's played and then incorporating yes. that into other Because styles. after the field, what you get, what you get is nuances and the nuances are the, mm-hmm. how you call that? The, the nuances are like the phrases that you, that the way they talk, the way they, they move and they, they walk, you know, that's different folks. So right. that you can learn hanging out with them, going out to clubs and stuff like that. But if you want to get close to the to the style, to the genre, you need to understand the feel. Because you can practice a rudiment doing the root but until you don't put a samba album and just loop the, the feet to, the, to that track, then you don't understand the feel. Because it's not going to be the same as practicing to the metronomes. Yeah. So then you go, you put an yep. album, put one track, and then you start boom, So you don't have to you don't have to go to Brazil to that. You see? <laughs> right, right. So that's that's yeah. that's that's been the key for me to approaching the styles, the different styles. Yeah. yeah. So are you learning? Are you going through and like playing along and actually learning the styles first before you start? taking the nuances and like incorporating it into other of, into other styles of course because not not all the time you can access you know people that that come 100 percent from that background that you're trying to learn you know because mm-hmm. i'm i'm in puerto rico so if i want to learn uh you know gospel drumming i can get closer by doing this exercise you know but the next thing we'll do is just call and get a lesson get a drum lesson with uh with Mike or, or Brian Fraser, you know, and just talk to them on Skype and you mm-hmm. understand how they talk and how they think and get the, get that vibe. 
but the but the drumming yeah. part of it, the technical part of it, you can you can you can uh, you can access it at home and, and by doing this, doing yeah. this, you know. Yeah, I mean now it's interesting because now there's so much information mm-hmm. out there where like where like I could if I didn't know who you yeah. were, right? I could pull up a video of you playing and I could be like, man, this guy sounds mm-hmm. amazing, but I don't know if but I don't know yeah. if you're playing it correctly or not. <laughs> of course, you know I mean? of course. It's just at the end is what whatever what what's like who are you playing it? What what kind of music you playing as a as a collective, you know? What what, what mm-hmm. like tell me uh, yeah, you can you, you you have a great video of yourself playing. That's great. You know, everyone can do that. So, but how do you sound? How, what's the kind of music you you're doing together with more than yourself? You know, and and that tells yeah. you a lot about the musicians that that you follow and that you want to learn from. You see, uh, so yeah. that's why you know we always go back to some of the same guys because they just create great music. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. They are kind of immortal because they created or just did creating great music and then yep. and then on that music you find great drumming <laughs> you know it's mm-hmm. like uh yeah I, i'm still going to watching uh, the police like with Phil copeland you know it's like mm-hmm. when does that gonna get old never because it's just never great music and then great drumming on top of that insane drumming on great music yeah. fellas to and james brown all the stuff that that we love you know and then you yep. can go on YouTube yep. and on, on Instagram and find just pure great drumming by itself. That's great. So you learn that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, but music is is you, you need more than one person. I think in my opinion. I agree. I actually I don't I see a lot of people putting. I mean, it's Instagram, uh-huh. right? Like everyone puts videos of of just mm-hmm. themselves playing. And to me, I think that's harder it's for hard. me. Like it's harder for me to just sit down and just like, and just play. I need people around me. I need, I need to be playing music. I can't just, I can't just sit down and just like come up with, with like all this crazy stuff to play. Um, and part of me is like, why? Like all these guys that are putting these solo videos up, I'm like, why don't you just go yeah. play some music? It'll be a lot easier it's, it's, for it you. It goes both. That's just yeah, my it take goes both ways. You know, there's some, there's a lot of musicians, friends that started by themselves so they have to mm-hmm. uh, expand and move on and maybe and, and experiment playing with more people. And then and some of us started the opposite. Some of us, I, I was touring in Europe before cell phones or before, you know, it was carrying CD players. And I'm not that old, but there was no internet, no no Instagram, nothing like that. And and so now I decided that I, that I need to kind of learn the other way too. It's just go like expand you know you can see it as a learning you're expanding you always you never lose anything by by expand, reaching out to something new and trying stuff that is new and so uh so i need yeah. to get my shit together on just making videos by myself maybe on how to edit and how to get a good sound for one clip or how to make it more fun for the viewer that just wants wants to see 30 seconds you know but 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 that's yeah. new to me but but I come from making music with a lot of people, so it's my choice to not criticize necessarily or say okay that's boring or that's dumb. It's just okay. Let me see how I can learn something from it. You know, and yeah. that's 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 my no, that makes that, sense. that's my take. Uh, because uh, but I don't try to compete with a guy who started doing that hundred percent because 
of course, it's like mm -hmm. them trying to play at the village vanguard in two months, in six months. You know, it's like, it's yeah. not fair. It's like, well, either way, it's not fair. It's just a way, it's just different processes and different uh, circumstances. Now, the, the problem yeah. with that sometimes is like, you don't know why the companies, the companies always trying to get the advertisement. So they don't care if it's with a band or with just one guy. They just want to get their ad as too many There's people. Views, and that's from yeah. a business perspective, it's understandable, you know? It's, it's the way business. Yeah. It's no, a, I get that. A, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a fan <laughs> of business. That's for sure. Uh, I am. I mean, I, you know, I'm a, I'm definitely a, a business guy. Um, I, I, I like the idea of you saying like if you're go if you're watching someone and you're thinking about you know either taking lessons yeah. from them or you're or you're thinking about even just mm -hmm. following what they're what they're doing and learning from them even if it's on YouTube go find some other videos of Same. them playing with or, other musicians or even and a things like that you know there's a lot of drummers that yeah. are really huge on Instagram that and I, and I try to look the records that are they're on and I couldn't find anything you know so wow well, this is interesting because yeah. it's yeah. Is they they don't have really a, a discography out, you know, so it's mm -hmm. just it's just the way it is. I always look at what other if I find a drummer, especially on Instagram, I go and see what drummers I respect oh, are following that person. You know, and if they and if it's like they don't have any <laughs> followers, like and it's and for me, I'm just like. Like I go through it, I'm like, oh, Questlove follows this guy, that's and Nate good, Smith follows this guy, but I'm like, all right, that's he's a real filter. deal. That's a good filter. <laughs> yeah. That's a good filter. Yeah, I'm like, if there's a lot of there's a lot of great drummers, I'm like, he's obviously course, doing something right, right? Especially like, especially because it's hard for me if I go like like prime example if I go to check out like uh -huh. some reggaeton mm -hmm. music, right? And I'm like. Like I don't, I don't of know course. that style. Like traditionally, I don't know the ins and outs, and the yeah. nuances of it. And I could watch some dude be like, "This is how yeah. you play reggaeton," and I'd be like, "Oh, okay." I don't not. know if he's, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if he's if he's correct or not, right? But if I see that like you and all these other people follow him and he has thirty <laughs> records that he played on, I'm like, maybe okay, maybe this guy is the truth. It, it makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, makes yeah. Sense. Uh, but but yeah. also, it's uh, when you see. You know, I, I pay attention to the body language of the musicians. The body language tells me a lot of things. In fact, there's an exercise that I used to do, and I would watch, and I would tell my students to go and, and, and watch, you know, early videos of the Wailers on mute without sound and just watch how they play, how Peter Tosh play the guitars or how, uh, you know, Bob yeah. sings and, and move. And from that, you can learn a lot. You know, of of the of mm -hmm. the sensibilities uh, uh, towards playing music on the playing stars. So I pay attention a lot, a lot to that, to the to the body language of the of the individuals of the musicians. To me, it says a lot. You know, the attitudes towards the music and the instrument, mm -hmm. and also uh, where they come from, the culture. You know, the cultural aspect of of the music and the way they play, uh, and also. I'm I'm not a, as I said before I'm not a, a a fan of the sports you know I like sports but I'm not I don't watch sports regularly but just to today watching the World Cup uh, you can see in, uh, the Argentinian team that effortless kind of a magical effort, like it was a folklore aspect of it you know mm -hmm. uh, you know we all have to work on technique and and all the stuff but. Uh, there's a folkloric aspect, the ethnic aspect of, of things, 
that just takes uh, music and art and sports to a different level, you know. And, and and for that, you don't you don't have to necessarily hear the sound by by just looking at them. Uh, when you when you see Fela performing and, and you see without without listen, you you can tell where he's going, you know, the the yeah. vibe or his body. So. Yeah. There, I remember someone telling me uh, you can tell how someone plays by the way they walk and the way they talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> big time. Big time. Big time. Big time. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm going to check that because I'm a, I'm a big Bob Marley uh, fan. So I'm going to check it. out. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to watch some. Well, I mean, like Carson Barrett. Like I would just. Yes. Just yeah. the stuff, the way. There's so many videos of him that I've watched where. I'm like I'm listening to the sound, but I'm like I don't understand how he's getting the sounds out of that drum. Mm-hmm. The way, kind of like the same way like James James Gatson on some of that Bill Withers stuff. Like mm-hmm. I would just see him playing. I'm like, how is he getting that much power and that much yes. that much uh, that much pop like out of the snare or something like that? So Carson was like, and that dude was like a metronome man. Yeah, and also his comping the the way he was comping to the melody and to the the lyrics and the song. It mm-hmm. was just perfection. It was perfection. He was writing. He was writing the arrangement right on the spot, and he was interacting to the vocals all the time. Yeah. And that's comping, you know. That's comping. That's not a, just a pattern. It's not yeah. like okay, play a regular pattern. That's it. It keeps moving. That's the difference between just stay locked. I mean, being locked is good, but also it could be like being jail, being locked in jail. No, it's it's, it's free. You know, there's a foundation. But it's it, it you don't need to be in jail. You gotta move and interact like nature is, you know, interactive. Yeah. yeah. That's what comping comping is. Comping and you know, the one of the, the things that I love most about jazz, uh at least when I the one of the reasons I fell in love with jazz it was just the idea of comping that happens on any any music, you know, there's always an interaction. And mm-hmm. and at some point I started Seeing that disappear, you know, I would go to smalls and and drummers would play uh, a comping based on Philly Joe's idea, but it's, it became more of a pattern than just a real time. Because it was mm. real time, you don't repeat the same orders. It's just like, and then somehow comping disappeared. <laughs> no, no one wants to comp anymore. It's just, and then so I I forced myself always to to be able to make sure that I was present and I was just you know, conversating with the music and what was happening at the moment. What do you, what do you mean no one wants to comp anymore? Because uh, comping, you know, it became more of a, the first thing I saw, of course, this is me, my point of view, the first thing I saw is people imitating exactly what Philly Joe would do, right? Mm-hmm. So that was not, so that became a pattern, pretty much like Songo. Songo is not a pattern, it's a foundation and then you go from there. You know, so so right. you you can listen. You close your eye and you can listen to a comping almost in the si- in the same order that Filipe would play. But if if this is real time, it's impossible because our conversation is not going to be the same tomorrow or right. in ten minutes. It varies. So 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 it became a a pattern. You know, uh, so that's not alive anymore. It's mm-hmm. there, so you can just memorize that pattern but that doesn't mean that, that you are present interacting with what was happening at that moment because yeah. that will vary then it will, it will be different because every solo is different and then yeah. uh it becomes then it became more of a gospel 
chops, just drumming. And so there's no comping there. It's just, uh, you know, just licks. And then, but when you, when you, when you see the timing, there's not really, you see, with the music, that's comping. Mm-hmm. The comping is like hearing music from music, hearing rhythm from rhythm. Like, and, and so, so for that, you don't need a drum, so you can do it out on a table because it doesn't require the drums as a vehicle. But when you know how to comp, you can do it with pencil, with pens, with the, your hands. And mm-hmm. it's, like, it's the idea that you're hearing rhythm and music from rhythm and music, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's in, and that's it's very rare to find a musician that, that have that quality nowadays, you know. Uh yeah. but those that those that have it, it just makes a big difference because then all of a sudden you became, oh he's so musical. Oh he's just <laughs> but no mate, he's just interacting in a musical way to to with the story, not just putting yourself on top of the music, but just Letting hearing the music and then in, reacting to it, you know. Right. I mean, it's yeah. in the word, right? Comp- it's complimentary. Compa- it's, it's, complimentary. You know, yeah. same thing with piano players. It became like a like a muscle memory rhythm, and, and that's not real time anymore. Yeah. Our a conversation with someone is real time. Man, I was watching a video that just made me think about it. I was watching mm-hmm. a video today with uh with Medeski Martin and Wood. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, John Schofield was on guitar, and yeah, and John Medeski was like he, while he was comping, it was mm-hmm. it was so beautiful and so <laughs> magical, yep. you know. And then and then he breaks into his solo, and he's like, it's such a weird. He he was like he was comping to himself in the solo, and it was just uh, <laughs> it was like, just. But and, comping, and I, I not uh huh. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, but but comping happens on every music. You know, when you when you when you're making a beat and you have a bass line, then you gotta come up with the with the drums. So the bass, the usually producer will make just a bass drum pattern. So so you got a bass line to ding 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 So you go like boom, 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 boom. You see, so the the guy who's more musical will come out with the with the bass drum part that fits that better. It's an echo of that bass line. So that's comping. Mm-hmm. It's just two bars long or four yeah. bars. But that, but the best producers are the one who can hear the best answer or the best response to the question. So that's comping yeah. too. It's just, but it's a, it's a, it's, it's. I don't know. I don't want to say it's just a natural thing, but it's you. You really have to hear it. You have to hear in rhythm, hear melody and rhythm from melody and rhythm. Yeah. Were, was that something that you, that you practiced or was that something that you just sort of learned through, just through playing? Uh, the, the first, the first, the first person who really made me think about this was a uh, pianist, Danilo Perez, because he, he came to the conservatory in Puerto Rico uh, a few times, one, one week at a, a year for a few years. And, and he just say, stop, you need just because I was just playing solos or playing stuff out of the drumming, the drum mind, the drums and mind, mm-hmm. the muscle, you know. But that has that has not that had nothing to do with what's happening musically or in the room or with the other band members. So, so he made me really hear first, hear the core, hear the texture, and then f- play something from that texture and from that core and from that rhythm not just the stuff that you can play because it's four four or five four 
you know, mm-hmm. just hear the texture first. So that texture reminds you of the, you know, the Star Wars. Just play Star Wars on the drums. If that texture reminds you of the beach, play the beach. You know, I want to hear the sun. Right. I want to hear the water. Not just a uh, Star Wars chord and then you put some, uh, you know, some random stuff on that just because it fits in the, in the, in the pose, you know. Right. So that changed the whole the whole thing, my perspective, and then I started just yeah. getting deep into that. It's interesting when you have these when you have these like unlocks or these moments that that <laughs> you know you think I re- I remember like when I learned you know melody and when went learned that like drummers were playing through a form of a song mm-hmm. and it t- first of all totally blew my mind second of all it was like how did I not know this before of course of course right and course. and like how did and, like, I was sort of like how did I not even how did I not rec- realize it? <laughs> yeah. And, you know? And, and then another thing I remember hearing, okay, let's say here you hear Beanie with, uh, with Sting, right? And so you got a, a pop song, you know, eight bar phrases, four bar phrases, and the end of the four, eight, eight bar, you get a drum field. So I was thinking, I always thought about, okay, this, you can play any field on, on, the, on, the, on the last bar to go to the bridge. You can play any field. But why... His field sounds best, <laughs> you know. So why some fields yeah. are just better, and and my conclusion is just they are better answers to the question. They're just there's just harmonic elements that come from what's happening. You know, if your field yeah. comes from what's happening, then it's it's gonna sound better than it just if you just put your own field on top of that because it's four four and you're gonna go to the bridge. You know, it's a different thing. It happens really fast, yeah. but it makes a big difference. Yeah. And that makes sense. I mean, it's like, why, you know, why is a good speaker a good speaker? It's like they, they speak eloquently or they, they have a, they, they're, they have a nice voice or the way that they phrase things and say things. And, and then hear, and, they hear the room, they hear, they see the audience and they speak to that moment from that moment, you know, not just because they say, oh, this is what I want to say. I don't care. You know, without looking, they look, they feel yeah. the room, they feel what's happening around so music is like that uh, uh, and then I in my in my opinion ethnic musicians uh, those that play folkloric music any music those are the ones who hear more melodies and rhythm because they come from a, more of a natural uh, uh, point of view you know they're, mm-hmm. they're just kind of minds are just more in contact to that you know people like Camarón de la Isla it's, uh, it's incredible that he was here nines and elevens and eights and sevens very clearly, but it's just harmonics of the same uh, structure. It's a very beautiful thing. But so, yeah. uh, but the result is that oh, it says you, we will hear Brian Blake. So why Brian Blake plays fields and everyone likes it so much? It's a simple field. It's not chops. It's not difficult. It's just why you like it so much then uh, if it's not just... When you analyze what it is, it's just a very simple thing. Uh, then you then you realize it's the attitude and the the, com, the conviction, and also because it comes from those eight bars that were, he was playing. So it's a it's a composition. It's part of the composition, and that's why it makes so sense. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah, I mean most of most of my favorite drum records. Um, are not super complicated. No, not, no, no, you know, no. Not all these crazy fills no. and and all that kind That's of stuff. That's the stuff it's all that just, we love forever. It's like yeah. that. It's like that. It, and and that, that, those are the answers right there. <laughs> and then yeah. why we like it, 
It's because of that, you know. What's the yeah. why you like the bridge so much? The bridge, the bridge of a song is you like it more when it's when when the verse gives you takes you naturally to the bridge. If you just say, okay, this is the chorus, so intellectually it's supposed to go this way, doesn't feel the same really when you when you write a song and when you hear a song. When you when you but yeah. when you feel that bridge that it's just like ah, just let it be, then it makes you feel better, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um so talk to me about some some stuff that you have going on now. I know that I know that yeah. you're in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um are you are you playing there? Are you playing in the states? Uh, uh what do you what's so, currently on your on your plate so right now? I've been touring I'm, I've been playing with Miguel Sanon Quarter for a long time. So mm-hmm. that's that's still happening. We just put a record out and he's nominated for a Grammy uh, once again. So we're doing some touring with that with that quartet. I'm doing some touring with that quartet. I'm also playing with a few reggaeton artists uh, and doing some reggaeton gigs, uh, very different setup. And then I'm going to do some stuff with Fabian Amasan uh, coming up uh, early next year. Um, I'm working on a drum book uh, that I hope to finish soon. And uh, Nice. And... You know, I want. I really want to expand of of on doing more clinics, drum clinics, and just flying by myself and do workshops. I really like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I'm building a studio in in Puerto Rico to practice, rehearse, and maybe have really small performances. You know, I really think uh, it's a great idea to go back to playing music for ten people, nine people. You know, eleven yeah. solid years yeah. just in a room and just experiment and play play for them that's it just play mm-hmm. to a small crowd that's beautiful too you know and practice you know i really i want to keep practicing yeah that's awesome man. yeah <laughs> practice is a big Do thing you, for me yeah. yeah big thing for me how uh how much are you practicing a day uh i i try to do i mean now it's funny because life life really takes you on a different journeys now with uh after after i had a studio here then i lost it and that made me uh, just find my own place and build it up uh but still i'm working on practice pads mostly and now next week i can i can go back to drums and so at least i i I can do four hours but usually more but i can tell you when i was in new york uh, you know i really practiced a lot from nine to six as a regular job and so that's my ideal uh schedule you know going from uh nine to four or you know sometimes eight in the morning i wake up really early uh wow you know i wake up really early sometimes at five just listen to albums and, and read and just start my routine there really early mm-hmm. uh so yes i think three or four hours uh, at least is, is a good thing wow that's yeah. good for you, man. Because I, yeah. I know so many people that are like, you know, I used to practice four or five, six hours a day, mm-hmm. but now, you know, I practice four hours a week. Yeah, you know? I know. And, and 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 trust me that now finding this new studio, new space, it just takes a lot of work. But what I do is just then I, I get up earlier or I stay a bit late and just make sure uh, I put the work. I'm, what I'm doing these days is mostly uh going over the exercise that i'm writing for the book so making sure that i can play them and and then choose what are the best ones and that the ones that feel the best so i'm going through all those things yeah. gotcha yeah. nice man 
So where's the best place for people to to follow along with what you got doing? Yep. Should they go to uh, – I think Instagram. To your Instagram, Instagram nowadays is Instagram? The, best, the best place, Henry Colin Drums. I also, I also has a, I have a Patreon, Patreon page, uh, which is a place where I'm trying a lot of the ideas for the, for the book uh, in there. Uh, so those two, I'm going to try to focus on those two. You know, I think YouTube is, is that one platform that got so huge now that, you, you know, I feel like you have to really come up with very serious content for you to like recording with cameras and stuff like that. Uh, so eventually I'm, I'm, I want to work on that more on YouTube, but, but for now, Instagram, you know, I'm putting a lot of stuff there. Instagram is a good place. Yeah. Awesome. Right, I'm, well, man, I will be writing new music. I also been writing new music. You know, I really performing in Puerto Rico. I'm going to start a jam session once a month here. Uh, uh, I'm going to run a jam session, and every time I got to perform here in, in Puerto Rico, it's just to me, it's like a, it's a big, uh, it's a big event for myself. It's like my own, my own. Uh, how you say that when you can see your progress or not? It's like my own. <laughs> judge you know I, uh, I, it's yeah. my mirror you know and, and, mm -hmm. and so I, I take that very seriously so that keeps me working you know and yeah. you know, just improving I guess it's amazing man good for you, I'm, you. I'm happy for you I'm proud of you uh, thank for, you man you know, that not I mean overcoming all the stuff that with everything <laughs> that happened in New York <laughs> you know and all that like yeah. it could go it could go one way or the other, and yes, that's uh, true. kudos to you for. And also, I this day finally, I, I, you know, like when you go out of New York because of the fire, you always think that you want to go back, and you don't really know what's going to be the plan. But I learned this week. I'm sure you know this. Uh, you have a bigger family than I do, and so and I, I, I learned this week that it doesn't matter what's happening next year. At the moment, you got to settle, settle into something. You know, and I think uh, I was going through that process of being, I don't know if I should settle here or go back or I don't know what's going to happen. Like that kind of being in the air for a bit. But then a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, I said, okay, I'm going to settle. I'm going to settle in here. And then from here, go. If I need to move and next month, and then who knows, you know, but it's, right. it's good to be grounded and settle it's one place. You know. Nice. Well, I'm happy for you, man. Thank you, Nick. I, Thank I, you. Nick. You got you got a lot of stuff. You got a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, on the on your plate, Thank and, you. and just just working and and playing and and keeping a keeping a positive <laughs> attitude and putting that energy <laughs> out into the world, man. You, that means Thank you. that means a lot for sure. And I appreciate you. What like we moved this around, and and then we got <laughs> sidetracked today no, and had to beautiful. do do this in two parts and everything. So I I appreciate you, man. I appreciate uh, uh, everything that you put out into the world, and I, I appreciate no, your time I, I, today. I'm, Thank I'm, you so much. I don't, I don't take it for granted, man. When you when you reach out to me, I was like, I I really feel honored. You know, it's an honor for me because I know and I've seen your page and your podcast. So many great drummers in there. So so thank you for just for reaching out. It's just to me, it's a great honor. You know? Of course. Thank you so much. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> thank you, man. I appreciate it. And I hope to, uh, hope to get to chat in person. Yeah, soon. go, I'm going to LA. I hope to go, I hope I'll be in LA soon, you know, making some noise. When, whenever you're here, let me know. Please. I will. I will. Good deal. Alrighty, sir. Well, thank you again. Thank I you, appreciate Nick. you. Enjoy the rest of your, uh, your evening you, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. 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 Abrazo. Thanks. Ciao.
There you have it, the one and only Henry Cole. And you can check out the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 673. If you dig the podcast, share it with someone. Let people know that this podcast is out there. You know, we got 600 and almost, you know, 700, almost 700 episodes. So uh, share it around. I'm sure that there's something there for, for everyone. So, and if you dig it, also leave a rating, leave a review. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. All the show notes have everything, ways that you can reach out to Henry, uh, links to his website and all that kind of stuff. So other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer, Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.